Hey everyone, it's Kirsten, and welcome back to another edition of the Philly Sports Angle podcast. I want to thank you again for tuning in. It's really been a lot of fun um, so far, and we're on number four, and we're going to keep it going from here. So please remember to subscribe um, on Apple or download it on Spotify or whatever medium you're listening to this on. Um, Keep listening. I want to hear your feedback, and I want to continue to have a conversation with you. Um, as the weeks go on. So thank you again for listening. And we we got another great podcast coming up for you today. Another uh, interesting sports week in Philly's, in Philly history. Um, Phillies, I mean, we'll get there when we get there, right? But I mean, today's news and in the Phillies world, obviously, uh, Bryce Harper welcomed the birth of his son, Crew Aaron Harper, born last Thursday. It was announced today by him and his wife, Kayla, um, in Las Vegas, and he is set to be back tonight as the Phillies are returned home and take on the Pirates. But I mean, you look over the past week um, since we last spoke, um, I mean, Tuesday, Wednesday, the Phillies were in Boston, they had a day off Thursday, and then they had a weekend series in Miami. Now, the Phillies in Boston looks like the team that we all expect them to be. I mean, to play against two great teams in the two two games against a great team in Boston them by a pretty good amount. That's something to say for and then you go to Miami and they lose two out of three. Absolutely the most embarrassing game in the entire world in a fr- on Friday's loss. If you didn't watch it, um I think you should be happy you did because I was the person who seven oh sent a picture to all my friends and say, let's go, Phillies are on a roll, thinking, you know, they came off a two-game win streak, you know, they can beat the Marlins. But why did I think that when the Phillies are 9-7 and seven against the Marlins this year and everybody else in the National League East is uh, beating them by a, a wide margin? But you know me, chilling in my chair, watching the watching the Phillies, uh, was like, you know, I think they're going to be fine. It's a 7-0 lead. I mean, if you the stats said that they had a 93% chance of winning, 7-run lead. You're not going to give that up. Uh, I was wrong. In one inning, um, Vinny V, Vinny Velasquez gave that up. Uh, two n- seven runs in one inning uh, is a definitely embarrassing moment for the team, and they ended up losing that game 19-11, 19-11, to a team that is awful, terrible, Young guys not playing well at all, and they lose. Next night, Saturday night, they bounce back with a good game, and then unfortunately on Sunday they were able to hold on with a 3-2 loss. Nola gave up three runs. Reese had a two-run shot, but it wasn't enough to come back and beat them on that one. So, I mean, what do you expect? Um, You know, I was reading some reviews right before the series this weekend and saying, oh, I mean, they're not going to, they're going to lose two out of three. And I was like, you know what, maybe this is a different team. It's August. It's an August team. It's not a an April team. It's not a fresh team. No, I was wrong. Um, and it's hard to back this team when they are in these positions. And I will continue to back this team. It's just very hard to support them when they lose to a team like Miami and then beat a team like Boston, but they're just not consistent. And I mean, if you, anybody out there know any pitchers, even from like double A, let's send them up at this point. That's what I say. Double A, um, you know, triple A, just send us pitchers because none of our pitchers seem to be working. And with that, um, you know, Pavetta gave up numerous runs. He was optioned to triple A this weekend. And you know who they brought back up? One of a kind, uh, Michael Franco. And Franco, this is Franco's opportunity to shine. You know, as we say, he's been a, spent a couple weeks down in the minors. 
giving him time to refresh, and you think, hey, like, this is a wake-up call for him. He's going to do great. Well, in the minors, he's had a couple errors. He hasn't been playing great. He's not hitting. Um, I don't think this was what he needed, as I said before in my first podcast. But the thing is, he came up, he had a couple errors in the field, looked terrible, had a couple hits, because Charlie spoke to him before the game and said, hey, swing a little bit different, work on this, and there you go, he got a couple hits. But it wasn't enough as today, the Phillies reinstated Harper from paternity leave, and they sent down Franco on his 27th birthday. I mean, this business is rough, but I just can't imagine what Franco's going through right now. I really do feel for the guy, because he's not the only guy who's struggling on this team right now, and it's not fair that he's getting all the blunt hit of it when there's numerous guys who I think should be optioned to Lehigh Valley too. I think they should just option all the players not doing well and bring up all new young guys at this point. Like, Sean Rodriguez has no point in your bench. He's not a good bench player. He's not doing well. I just don't think that he has any, adds any value to the bench as a Franco, he'll obviously be up in September because that's when the 40-man roster move will make. So he'll be back in a few days. But um, for now, I mean, this got a sting for him. And um, it, he seems to just not have it together. couple good years in the last couple years of his career, he just can't seem to put it together when he needs to. And, I mean, I guess, unfortunately, that's baseball. But, um, again, Franco option to AAA again and Harper, Harper reinstated. You can look in this past week and say, oh, the, the Phillies didn't have Harper. That's the reason. No, that's not the reason. They were capable of hitting. They have numerous guys who can step up and play. And Harper isn't on every single night. Sure, he's had a great month of August and probably the best month of August of his career. But I don't think that the Phillies lost because they didn't have Harper. I think they lost because they don't have pitching. And they also don't have guys stepping up who need to step up. Um, I'm sorry, but if you're coming off the bench, you need you need to hit, and um, it's something that I they're not that young of a team. Um, the the Nationals, the Marlins, and the Mets all have young guys, and um, they seem to be doing a lot better than um, than any of the guys on the Phillies are adjusting to it. So there's no excuses, and Gabe has got to um, start you know, knocking down on his players. And speaking of that, he actually benched Hernandez tonight for not hustling out a, a play to, a play yesterday. And you're talking how Gabe earlier this season said, I will never bench anyone for not hustling. I know how hard these guys work. Well, he actually decided to bench Hernandez for that, told the media that, but did not tell Hernandez that, which I think is pretty awful on a coach's part. I mean, as a player, you never want to hear from a reporter that your coach bench you because playing hard enough and this this says a lot about Gabe Kapler and he's always been keen on I need to be communicate all the communication skills he has with his players and communication is key in any sort of player's environment I think this is another straw on the list of bad things that Gabe has done and I'm very interested to see how this affects the organization and the players trust in him because they once you tell a player something, they start to believe in you. They are believing, they're buying into your, into what you believe as a coach, buying into what you preach. And if he's going back on what he preaches now, um, I, I mean, I personally think if you're going to handle the hustle scene, you handle it behind the doors. You sit him down in your office and you say, all right, um, you have to hustle more. And you bench him. You bench him for that reason, but you don't talk to the media. And I think this is Gabe's fault. He should have informed 
he should have informed Hernandez before he benched him and said, this is why I'm benching you. It's not your day off to lollygag. It's because you weren't running out this play. This is do or die. We're in a pennant race. There's no need for mistakes. And that's the thing. It's like, they're not having a blowout year and they're not, you know, they're not cruising. They're, they're struggling and they're still 1.5 games back in the wild card. There is so much opportunity and potential. They're so close to, you know, the Cubs and the Nationals. And the thing is, they, if they don't do something different now as they get into September, it's over. And if they finish a season not getting a wildcard spot and they end up being about a game back or a half game off of it, oh, that's going to sting harder than, than they know. And the thing is, Kapler is starting to feel the heat, I think. I think it'll be interesting to see what they do as they approach um, November after the season ends and they consider offering him a new contract. I mean, do you offer extension to him? Some people say he's not going anywhere and some people say he is. I mean, would next year be his last year? I mean, have you had enough time to implement his, pl his plan in? And I think you had. I just think he's made some terrible decisions recently and in this the course of this year that he might pay for. And it's all up to John Middleton and, um, you know, Klatak and everybody in the Phillies organization to see if they want to give him an opportunity. But the fact is that he has had a trouble of setting down rules, I believe, that everybody knows. And, um, you know, you got to hold your players accountable. And now he's starting to do it, but he's not handling it in the right way, as I said. So do you think Kapler will, will you know, will survive this year? He'll, you know, he'll live to see another day, live to see another year, many years, have his reign in the Philadelphia, um, you know, history books, like, that he thought he would. And I don't know if anyone knew this, but he actually interviewed for the Dodgers position, but was turned down that as soon as their current coach was interviewed. And I don't know if that says something, or he's just good, he just wasn't fit for that organization, which is very possible, but it's just something that I think about sometimes, and I think he, obviously as a coach, you're learning, you're learning with your players about certain things, but there needs to be a change if they're going to try to push for a pennant, and nothing else matters besides the pennant right now, and Gabe needs to get all his cards in order, and he needs to put his best men forward. So let me know your thoughts. Leave a comment, leave a reply, message me, whatever you think uh, should, you know, should Gabe keep his job and how will this month of September affect that? And I'm going to hop into some Eagles news. So today it was announced that the Eagles offensive line will be put into um, the ESPN's September Body Issue magazine, um, which I'm really excited to see. It's an honor to be asked to be in this issue as many um, celebrities were in it. I know Julie and Zach Ertz were in it a few years ago um, and the offensive linemen that will be in it are Johnson and Vitae and Simolo, Kelsey and Brandon Brooks and um, I mean I think this is such a great thing for them to highlight because a lot of times fans think that that these players aren't in shape and that these are just huge guys, but they actually are fueling a machine and I think it needs to be shown um, and brought to the attention of people that this is something that they work their whole lives on. They're constantly fueling their bodies and worrying about what to do next and what and how this, what they eat and what they do will affect them on the field. So I really commend ESPN for highlighting different athletes and I'm excited to see the issue and have it highlight um, the Eagles' offensive line. I think that says something about the team in the upcoming year. 
Um, again, just, you know, everyone knows, I mean, not to count down or anything, but, you know, we're 13, about 13 days out, a little bit less now, um, from the opening regular season game at home versus the Redskins, and it was announced today that Keenum will, in fact, Case Keenum will, in fact, be the starter as the Redskins. He beat out um, rookie Dwayne Haskins, so um, he's coming back to Link since uh, his last time was uh, the NFC Championship game in the 2018 Super Bowl run when we destroyed them. But I'm super excited to see that matchup and um, definitely see them see the combo of Aguilar, Jeffrey, and Jackson on the field. Um, it's going to be a pretty cool see them all pretty cool ta- thing to see them all rotate, and I think it will bring so much energy to the field. Um, I'm just hoping we can keep Carson protected this year, and I'm looking forward to the season. Um, football season is one of my favorite times, just to sell, hang with friends and family, and you know watch the game of football. But um, I just wanted to talk about a couple other new um, news that is going around the um, Philadelphia sports scene and the fact that the Wells Fargo Center actually is building a new 4K kinetic um, screen, um, Jumbotron. It is. It took 19 trucks, um, 16 trucks, and then uh, three flatbed ones to um, get all the way down to the Wells Fargo Center, and, you know, it's part of a $250 million um, deal that they're doing to rebuild the center, and um, I just can't imagine how large this thing is, just looking at videos of it, um, it is incredibly huge, and will bring a new level of fan experience that's never been brought before, I think, and, you know, so many parts of today's games are just more the fact of going to the game is experience in itself, you don't even have to watch the game. And I think that's what, you know, is going to, you're going to see them more and more of as, you know, the days go on. But pretty excited to see this thing in action. So look it up on YouTube. Um, Google it. And uh, um, I want to see see what it is because you really have to look at the videos and see, you know, the samples of what it's going to look like to really um, get an idea. But something exciting. And then I also just want to say congratulations to Claude Giroux on his baby boy with his wife Ryan, and they don't have a name yet, but I'm super excited. I mean, two big Philly stars having their babies in the same weekends, I mean, that's pretty cool, and um, pretty cool for both of them, and I'm very happy for their families, and it's a pretty cool thing to see um, players share this with um, the fans um, because it's pretty personal and it's, it's very cool to ha- to feel like you, like you're in their lives. And I, I feel like, but thanks again for listening to this podcast. This is Kirsten. Please subscribe, leave your comments. Let me know what you think. Um, and go Phils and go Eagles and have a great week.